As parents, you want to have all the answers, and we can help with that. Welcome to Boston Children's Answers Kids Health, a podcast brought to you by Boston Children's Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Arnold. As a neonatologist and mom, I'm always looking to the future of pediatric health care and how to help parents raise happy, healthy kids. Join us as we share tips and answers from the nation's number one children's hospital. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us as we get ready to talk about when pain starts to become a bigger problem for children. As always, we like to hear directly from patients to guide us into the conversation. And today's story comes from Heather. Hi, I'm Heather. My child has been getting a lot of headaches and it's been happening for a while now. We talked to our pediatrician and he thinks it's time to see a specialist. So I'm wondering how a specialist will help. Thank you. That was a great question. It's so important to be able to recognize when your child's pain becomes a bigger problem and when to start talking with your doctor to get them into treatment. Today, I am excited to introduce our guest expert, Dr. Christine Greco. Dr. Greco is the Division Chief of Pain Medicine at Boston Children's Hospital. Dr. Greco, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you very much for having me today. So let's start at the beginning and go back to Heather's question. What does it mean to have chronic pain? So pain that persists and lasts for months or even longer would be considered chronic pain. And it can be constant pain or it can come and go and be episodic. And it can occur from an underlying medical condition or an injury. Or sometimes chronic pain can have no underlying clear etiology. Pain is often an important protective mechanism. It's a healthy mechanism for us, and it tells us that there's a problem in our bodies. So it helps protect our bodies. So, for example, patients who might have a fracture, a femur fracture or a leg fracture, will have pain. And that pain is a really good warning sign that makes us stop and realize that something's wrong. It prevents us from walking on a broken bone since that would cause pain and that would cause further tissue injury. So in that context, acute pain like that is a good, healthy, protective mechanism. But sometimes pain can persist even after the injury is healed, the bone is healed, the underlying medical condition is treated, but pain lingers and persists. And that is where chronic pain comes into play. Well, so pain is a good thing. However, we want it to be there when it's important to be there, when it helps, because it's not always a good thing when it's this chronic. So I'm just really curious, how did you decide to become a specialist in chronic pain? What drew you into this area? Right. So, well, first I was a pediatrician because I love working with kids. And then I became a pediatric anesthesiologist. And I realized there was such a need for a physician in treating kids with chronic pain. And I felt like my background sort of lended itself well to that field. And so I've been working with kids with chronic pain for about 25 years. Okay, you know, as a physician, I know how long that must have taken you to get to where you are. So I'm sure you must be very passionate about caring for these kids. I am. That's correct. It's very fulfilling. So let's talk a little bit about chronic pain because, you know, for me as an adult, I actually have chronic pain and I worry about my kids having chronic pain because they also have a skeletal dysplasia. And so I'm curious for you and your practice seeing all kinds of patients with chronic pain, what are the types of pediatric patients that you happen to see? 
We really see all ages and all types of chronic pain conditions. So we see patients with chronic headaches, chronic back pain, limb pains, chronic abdominal pain, and chest pains. I would say the majority of our patients are adolescent age, young teens to older adolescents, but we see patients really of all ages. Wow. I guess that's got to be so challenging for kids, no matter what the age is, to have chronic pain. And even if I sort of take upon my own observations of kids that I've cared for that may have chronic pain or talking to my kids and having been a kid with chronic pain, I've oftentimes seen that there's a certain level of shame that comes with having chronic pain that we might internalize. I think that's probably a really big challenge for parents and clinicians who are trying to help care for kids who have chronic pain. So I'm just curious, like, how do you help in that situation, help the children, help the the parents, maybe their school mm-hmm. environment and others mm-hmm. when shame may be something yeah. that's internalized? Yeah, that's a good question. Chronic pain is often invisible to everyone around you. And there's no cast, there's no sling to let people know that, you know, you're having a problem. And so part of our chronic pain program, we really focus on allowing patients and parents to be an advocate for themselves or their child. And so, for example, we will often recommend school accommodations for a patient so that parents can partner with their teachers and with the school to allow the child to stay in school successfully. Also, as you said, kids can have questions asked of them by their peers, like, why are you out of school? You don't look sick. You know, what's wrong with you? And so we give patients the tools to be able to answer those kinds of questions comfortably and in a way that will help to put a stop to those kinds of questions. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I think about days when I'm hurting more than others and I I feel like I need to modify my own day, my activities, and I'm an adult who should be able to rationalize, but I still feel shame. So I can't imagine how hard it must be for children to navigate that. And so giving them those tools is really important. Yeah, it can be challenging. And I, I do think in our process of treating patients with chronic pain, we really try to empower patients and families to be able to navigate that and to feel that they have the tools and strategies in place to be able to be in school successfully, to have a relationship with peers and at family events, despite having this chronic pain condition. I'm kind of curious about that. If I could just ask this other question too, have you ever sort of, I don't know, are there any examples of success stories when it comes to those adaptations? that you could share with our audience. Right. We have a pain rehabilitation program as part of our chronic pain center where it's a partial day treatment program for kids who are really struggling with chronic pain and disability, even though they've had really extensive outpatient treatment. And there was one particular patient that is very memorable for me where she was just really reluctant to go to school. She had chronic abdominal pain, chronic back pain, It prevented her from sitting in a chair comfortably, and she was really reluctant to go to school because she felt that she was sort of looked down upon by her friends and not treated fairly and appropriately by her school in that setting. And so um, she went through our program, made wonderful, wonderful progress in terms of functional abilities, and we provided her some strategies of how to function in a classroom comfortably without drawing attention to some of the accommodations that she needed. So there was like a password she would say to her teacher that would 
alert her teacher that she was having some increased pain that would allow her to just get up and walk out of the classroom without drawing a lot of attention, utilize some of her coping strategies, and then enter back into the classroom. And she did so well with this type of treatment. And soon after completing the program, she didn't even require those kinds of accommodations. So it was, it was really wonderful Aww. to see that. Yeah, it's great. That's really great. Oh my goodness. I love hearing success stories. Yeah, so, so nice. The, the takeaway from that is don't be afraid to seek help and, Absolutely. and your team can really, can really make a difference in a child's life. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit too, if it's okay, about the myths. Because I think, especially for those who maybe aren't dealing with chronic pain or for parents who, mm-hmm. you know, may have a child that's dealing with chronic pain or maybe you, you're a teacher, like, you know, your example that you shared. Are there any questions or misconceived ideas that parents or others might be coming in with that you have to address. Right, right. I think one of the most common myths that I hear from families is that parents will come to us and say that they've been told that the pain is in their head, that the pain is in the, the patient's head. And, and, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. And so we, we do spend quite a bit of time on education about the neurobiology of pain and the mechanisms of pain. It is a very complex interaction between the brain and the rest of the body, but we help provide that education to really dispel some of those very negative myths about chronic pain. That's really great. I'm sure that is important for parents so that they can really then start to understand what's going on with their child. One of the examples that you mentioned is sort of abdominal pain, and Heather, our patient question was related to headaches. It seems like this is a relatively common challenge, headaches, stomach aches that are Mm -hmm. often triggered by stress. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious, what role does stress and the mind play when it comes to chronic pain? Right. The way I explain it to families is that stress and pain are all traveled on the same nervous system. And it's not that stress causes pain, but when stress is high, pain can be high. And so it's really important to treat both. Part of our job is to help provide those types of treatments where patients can function in the setting of pain and help reduce stress that can contribute to pain. You know, it seems like to me in general, stress just, it seems to exacerbate so many other things related to our health. And why should pain be any different? Exactly. So we have to we have to treat that. So here's another question too related to, you know, obviously the pediatric population mm-hmm. a little bit different than adults. I don't think I'm ever going to outgrow my chronic pain. It's probably going to only get worse as I get older. But for kids, mm-hmm. do they ever have a chance of growing out of pain? Absolutely. You know, I think that the one message I think that's so important for parents to hear and patients is that there are treatment options out there for chronic pain. They are effective, and it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to have a lifelong chronic pain condition. It's a very important message for patients and parents to understand. Even for me, right? So I should say, maybe I can outgrow it too. (laughs) (laughs) So getting help is really key because no one wants to live with chronic pain. I feel like for me, when I'm in more pain, my mood is lower, my energy is lower, just my outlook on doing things, my interest in doing the things that I enjoy or being as productive, all of those things are affected. So obviously as a parent, and when I think about my kids too, and not only for myself as someone with pain, but for my kids, like we all want our kids to to be at their best, right? To right. succeed, to, to not feel like something is impeding that. And right. so again, what advice do you have for parents and for kids living with chronic pain to help that pain 
not inhibit right. being at our best. Right. So I think first it's important for parents who feel that their child has or is developing chronic pain to seek a medical evaluation and to discuss it with their physician, especially to convey the impact chronic pain is having in their child's life and their family life. And as you said, it affects all domains of our life, peer functioning, school, social functioning, and it really can take a toll on patients. And so I think the first step is to have a very frank conversation about what's happening. And then to, in my opinion, I think that it's very helpful to have an evaluation by a chronic pain program to help provide some treatment options for that. Research shows that the multidisciplinary treatment of pain is really effective in overall treatment. And so our approach to chronic pain is utilizing various modalities like cognitive behavioral therapy and other psychological strategies, physical therapy modalities, medications, and sometimes nerve blocks that all work together to try to have patients be as functional as possible. What we know from our research is that pain will often diminish after function is improved, and we really focus on patients' functional ability and restoring that. So let's talk a little bit more about modalities, because many of us may not understand really what that means, modalities being different types of treatment. And so I'd love it if you could sort of share a little bit more for us about what is cognitive behavioral therapy and what are the different types of medications that are options Mm -hmm. in today's treatment plans? Sure. So cognitive behavioral therapy is a type of psychological therapy that use sort of brain-based strategies to help reduce the sensitization of the nervous system. So it can provide patients with good coping strategies, distraction. And so we, we use it quite frequently in the treatment of chronic pain. We also use various types of medications and sometimes nerve blocks for the treatment of chronic pain. Again, it's all part of a comprehensive management plan. Medications that we use are not the typical ones that you think of for treating pain, like rarely are they opioid-based medications, but more medications to help with sleep, to help reduce sensitivity of nerves that could be contributing to chronic pain. And sometimes we use nerve blocks where we numb certain nerves or certain areas of the body to try to stop the nerve transmission, to give the nerve sort of a break in the pain cycle with the hopes that when the nervous system sort of reboots, pain is lessened. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. And I think for a lot of parents, they're probably relieved to hear that the medication piece, should your child need that, is not just opioids, right? With all of the concerns today about opioids. So there are just so many options out there that can really be impactful. Absolutely. So question about that. You know, it seems like there's so many advances in the treatment options. I'm just curious if you can share about the research that's even ongoing or what you think the future might bring for those treatment options. Yeah, so lots of exciting research is being done. And there's research in understanding how to better treat pain after surgery in children, how to reduce the likelihood of chronic post-surgical pain in children, Also, understanding brain circuitry and how that affects the development of chronic pain and specifically how to use treatment options to really target that brain circuitry. Also, just even things like virtual reality modalities are being investigated. So lots of really exciting kinds of research being done. 
Yeah, the virtual reality obviously is interest to me because I am program director at Immersive Design Systems and we get to work with your team and others in terms of creating virtual reality platforms for patients. I think that that whole idea to me as a clinician and as a parent, it's just so exciting because it doesn't involve medication and things that, you know, may have other implications. The research is compelling, it the data. Re- it really is. And I think that the key is that every patient is treated on a very individual basis. We use whatever modalities make sense for that particular patient. It could be virtual reality. It could be interventional pain procedures. It could be more cognitive behavioral therapy but utilizing really multiple types of modalities to really get patients functioning well and eventually getting the pain behind them. You know, many times patients come to us and pain is ruling their lives. And what we try to do is turn that around and change the trajectory and have patients be in charge of their life, not the pain. Not the pain. Yeah, that's that's so key. You know, on the personal side, I grew up as a kid who had lots of surgeries and over 30 orthopedic surgeries, which involve a lot of pain. And so to this day, I still have a lot of pain, mostly related to arthritis now, Mm -hmm. which may or may not be unrelated to surgeries. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I grew up, my parents always said that I have a really high tolerance for pain because they, I guess they sort of tried to extrapolate from the fact that I've had so much pain that now Mm -hmm. little bits like a scratch doesn't really bother me, right? And so now I look at my kids and I try to assess what their tolerance of pain. And is there anything out there that sort of suggest if you've had a lot of exposure to pain that you're going to have a high or a low tolerance or do we know? Right. I think what research tells us is that patients who have been exposed to repeated injuries or multiple episodes of pain can actually have their nervous system sort of sensitized to pain. And so they can be somewhat hyper-responsive to pain with a subsequent injury or pain episode. And this involves the brain circuitry and sort of nervous system circuitry as that can lead to this hypersensitization to pain. Meaning that it's worse, It can be, absolutely, yes, it could absolutely be worse. But also other patients, like your example was that I've had chronic pain. Would I have a little scratch? This is nothing compared to what I deal with on a daily basis. So it does vary for each patient. That's interesting. Well, now I can understand my husband and why a scratch bothers him. (laughs) Just kidding. So I'd also love to talk a little bit more about virtual reality and what you're seeing with that. Because again, as a simulation fan and thinking about immersive technologies, I just see there's so much excitement about that and how that might help Mm -hmm. children with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Virtual reality is being researched now in our pain division, and it's being researched in the use of the treatment of chronic pain as well as acute pain, where patients can immerse themselves in this virtual reality world as a form of distraction away from their chronic pain. I've seen a little bit of the early literature that speaks to when patients are getting a painful procedure, that acute pain that you mentioned, you know, they put on the VR goggles or mm-hmm. headset and because they're in this new environment that's very calming or soothing or, you know, distracting, the requirements for needing pain control for procedures is lower. Yes. And that's pretty exciting to It me. is exciting. And so those are all sorts of things on the horizon for the treatment of chronic pain. And it's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, to think that that we have all these great tools being discovered right here to help our (laughs) patients is so exciting to me. Wish I had been a kid growing up (laughs) now as opposed to, mm, I won't tell how many years ago. (laughs) 
Well, thank you, Dr. Greco. I think finally, as we sort of wrap up our discussion on chronic pain, this is obviously such a serious problem for so many of our patients and it's such a serious problem for so many people out there, adult and kids. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to share for our audience related to chronic pain in kids? I think one important message is that there is treatment out there for chronic pain. It's effective and there is research to back up the treatment options that are available. I think pain can be so isolating for patients and I think it's important to know that help is out there. I think that it's helpful to be seen by a chronic pain physician and program to help really give the best treatment available. That's really great. So I think, you know, for me as a parent, and I think about all the work that you do, and hopefully for our audience, you know, as they're listening, it's important for us as parents just to be tuned in to our kids, look out for the signs of pain, and then, you know, is it chronic, and not to be afraid to seek help, because you can make it better. That's right. That's great. Do you have any final tips to help parents, like myself, to help their kids who may be dealing with chronic pain, how to get them treated sooner, and most importantly, when should they seek Right. From someone like you. Right. I think, again, it varies tremendously with each patient. But if parents feel that chronic pain is interfering with their child's life, it's absolutely the time to get attention for that. If patients and parents can speak about this with their primary care physician and be referred to a chronic pain program, I think that's really important and can be really helpful. It can often be very insidious chronic pain. It can start out with an occasional headache that can lead to more and more frequent headaches. And before you know it, patients are having difficulty going to school. They're becoming more socially isolated and pain becomes a bigger and bigger problem in their lives. It's important to sort of try to intervene before that happens. And there are treatment options available that are effective and helpful for this. So if I understood you correctly, for me, my takeaway as a parent, too, and, and I imagine for the audiences, don't be afraid to reach out at any time because every child's different. But for sure, if that pain is impeding their ability to do the things that they would either normally do or they like to do, that's definitely one of those triggering points that we should be absolutely seeking help. Definitely. Yeah, it's really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Now, on to the part of the show we're calling Doctor's Orders, where we prescribe you a positive action that you can make today to get you and your family healthier. For this week's Doctor's Orders, all I ask is that you remember, regardless of the underlying cause of chronic pain, there are treatment options that are effective. As Dr. Greco said, pain is our body telling us that something is wrong, so don't be afraid to seek help. There are many options out there to help your child. Thanks for listening to Boston Children's Answers, Kids Health, and a big thanks to our guest expert today, Dr. Christine Greco, as well as our guest parent, Heather. If you want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on the latest episodes. For more information, check us out at bostonchildrens.org slash kidshealth, or find us on Boston Children's Hospital's social media pages. Have a great week. Bye, everyone.